Get out your yoga mat or throw out your yoga mat because it's time for Sermons from the Mat. Irreverent, honest, inspiring stories from yours truly, Samantha Wild. Just your ordinary book writing, sermon preaching, yoga teaching, spiritual mentoring, mother of five children. Now, if I can only remember what I want to say, this is going to be really good. It was a dark and stormy time. Pandemics, human rights violations, enslavement of the womb, constant violence, uncontrolled gun use, blistering racism, sweeping anti-Semitism, and the kind of misogyny that might drive us all to go a little Lorena Bobbitt. Anybody remember her? Well, right at that moment, Swami Kripalu and Mr. Rogers walk into a bar, ask for a drink, and sit down. What do they talk about? Well, you know Mr. Rogers, of course, that sweet, loving, kind, and amazing television personality who charmed the adults and educated children. He's famous for lots of different things, but one of them, where he's quoted often, is when he actually says what his mother taught him, that she taught him to look for the helpers in situations of distress, tragedy, hardship, look for the helpers. Well, if you don't know Swami Kripalu, he is the namesake for both Kripalu Center and Kripalu Yoga, and he's the guru. Uh, He taught so many. He told his students that he was a pilgrim on the path of love, and not unlike Mr. Rogers, he taught with so much love and compassion, openness, and wisdom. He has a really beautiful teaching on how to quiet the mind, and it's recorded in the book Pilgrim of Love. He says, imagine drawing a line on a piece of paper. At one end is peace, and at the other end is disturbance. If you say you want to move from disturbance to peace, it seems obvious that you must first give up disturbance. Yet most of us have a hard time letting go because we insist on remaining focused on what disturbs us. We keep dwelling on the wrong end of the line. Does that sound like anybody? Does that sound like you? Sound like me? Sound like anybody out there focusing on the wrong end of the line? Come on, it's pretty hard to look away from what appears to be humanity's total de-evolution, don't you think? And can you look away from the 8 billion car pileup that's climate change? Can you look away from the enslavement and colonization of the womb, which will bring another wave of genocide to women? Fear, hatred, discouragement, control, selfishness, abusiveness, cruelty, prejudice, anger, self-righteousness, and apathy grow like the weeds in my garden. Can you dare or do you dare to look away? So these two men, Swami Kripalu, Mr. Rogers, they sit down in a bar. And you know what? That's what they talk about. They don't talk about the disasters and the problems and the sicknesses that abound in our culture. They talk about how to look at the other side of the line, how to look at those helpers. And here's an amazing story that might just take your eyes from this side of the line all the way over to this one. There was a large fire on Nantucket Island the other day. As many of you know, my parents live on the island. 
So I got to hear it firsthand from them in this fire, an entire large and like 300 year old, I think, was built in the 1600s, I think. It's a large inn and it burned completely to the ground as well as the two houses beside it, beside it in the middle of downtown Nantucket. 36 people in that inn and nobody died. The fire began very early in the morning and it spread really quickly. And not only that, it was happening in a historic building made of wood without any sprinklers, but nobody died. And that's because there were angels abounding and there always are, truly, there always are. If we're willing to move our eyes from one side of the line to the other. So listen to what happened around 6.30 on that summer morning. A woman was delivering newspapers as she does every morning and she saw the smoke coming from the building. Immediately she called 911 and she started shouting and trying to alert the people inside the inn. One neighbor credits her actions with saving all of the people in that inn. But next, the off-duty fire captain getting that call from 911 is having coffee downtown. He comes running without any equipment, without any gear on. He goes into the building, knocks on doors, rescues people, alerts people. He even found people trapped inside where he had to go on a rooftop and get them out of their room. And when he gets them out of their room, in that moment, the na a neighbor appears with a ladder so that they're rescued. Now, you and I have both heard stories of those in public service who have stood by and done nothing while children have been killed. They have not shown heroism. You know those stories. People who have not done the right thing, though they have been sworn into an oath to do the right thing. People who have caused harm over good, and yet people who were hired to be in positions of service to our country. But in this story, we see the fullest potential of the human person. Each individual person in that story, the newspaper delivery person and the off-duty fire captain and the neighbor with the ladder and others, I'm certain, were involved. It was the collective work of the, all of them, as well as the individual actions of each of them that saved all of those people. You know, I really want you to think about that fire captain. I've thought so much about him since I heard that story. I think about what it was inside of him that allowed him to put his own life behind the life of those in that building, to rush in without any equipment and save them. This is the direction Mr. Rogers invited us to take. And if we are meditating on anything, and you know it, you are meditating on things all day long, but it's usually bullshit. It's usually meditating, perseverating on awful things that could happen or did happen or worrying about things happen. We are meditating all the time. And we must meditate on that kind of heroism. Really like think about it over and over and over again. Yoga, in our modern American culture, it just seems like a physical practice, but we know that it's not. It is really a practice of the mind. And it's not like meditation, the way I'm talking about it, it's not like the spiritual woo-woo circles where you need to spend all your time meditating on what you want to manifest, and you're manifesting your car and your house and money for yourself and yada, yada, yada. Uh, that is not the kind of meditation 
that I am talking about here. I'm talking about a focus on the good, on the profound reality of the good. So in that reality, there's no punchline. My joke is Swami Kripalu and Mr. Rogers walk into a bar and talk. There's no punchline to that joke because it's not a joke. Swami Kripalu and Mr. Rogers aren't the brunt of any joke. Active goodness, right timing, bravery, intuition. You know, think about for a minute that neighbor who had a ladder lying around and thinks, oh, I'm just going to bring this ladder over here before the need has presented itself, before it's being called. What we know from the fire captain, from the story of the fire captain, and you can Google it, read it online, is that he comes out with the people on the roof and the ladder just happens to be there because the neighbor has been tuned in, engaging intuition and wisdom. These aren't just like miraculous qualities that we want to see every old now and then. They aren't unlikely qualities. They're actually the highest expression of the indwelling qualities that each one of us possesses all the time. All the time. The yoga of the good is the yoga of transformation. And it requires that each of us shift our drishti you know, from these guys, the shitty, shitty dirt bags, uh, over to the heroes, the real, true heroes. It requires that we shift our gazing point from uh, the rubbernecking of disasters to the possibility of goodness in every situation being expressed. To me, this is not the way of apathy, and I can't stand it when I'm accused of being a Pollyanna. Because it's not a Pollyanna thing. It's not just a matter of having taking a positive perspective. Is one thing more real than the other? Okay, there was a fire, real. There was heroism, real. Right, the fire is not more real than the heroism. There was a fire, all the people lived, real, real story. Saving lives, triumph. People working together, one mind unified, those people working to the benefit of all those strangers that they didn't know in that building, in that inn. Probably those people were a mixed group of political blah, 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 who knows what. And yet their lives were saved. The yoga of the good, right, is the yoga of transformation. And what we transform is our drishti. Take it from here over there. In yoga, of course, we talk about the drishti, which is your gazing point when you're moving through the postures. And yet it's very critical as we move through our days. So the only difference between being somebody who sets your gaze and meditates all day on the, on the holy moly crapness that's happening in the person who's coming over here to really see, wow, look at this heroism. This is the full potential. This is our direction as humanity, right? The difference is one of those people has power and one of those people is depressed. See what I mean? One of those people has strength and energy and hope. And one of those people is like lying in bed all the time and feeling doom and gloom and, and, and Ben and Jerry's and Netflix because it's too hard to face every day. One thing after the another of terribleness. We are each of us creatures and mirrors of our consciousness. So 
What are we most conscious of? What are we being most conscious of? That's our yoga, my friends, my sweet friends. So, Swami Kripalu, Mr. Rogers, sitting at the bar, and they're talking. What do we want to be most conscious of as we co-create the world we want to live in? Aren't we all a little closer to enlightenment now? Oh, well, something like that. I'm delighted I got to spend this time with you, so let's stay connected. Don't forget to find me at thesamanthawild.com. You can find me on Instagram at thesamanthawild, on Facebook at author Samantha Wild, and probably you could find me a lot in my backyard hanging out with the kids and the goats. So let's stay in touch. And wasn't it wonderful that we did all this and didn't have to get out of our pajamas? <laughs>